0: Well, Peter Ballonowskis, you must just be bouncing around on your heels after the weekend. It was a huge success, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was, Dave. I think I'm just happy for the state. I mean, there's been a, lot, a massive team of people that worked really hard to put this up and running in, in four and a half months, but now that we've got 12 months to plan for the next one, I think we can do a lot more with it, and I think we'll see a lot more people come across the border again next year for this event if we, if we get everything right.
0: Hmm. Just in terms of the money that we've paid for it, and I'm sure a lot of people are doing back of a beer coaster sort of stuff, thinking, well, if the first one cost 15 mil, we've probably spent about another 45 to get the next three years, or maybe we got a bit of a discount for, you know, a group package. Is there an argument, though, given that we saw yesterday, front page of the Sunday Mail, the independent estimate is that we've made $85 million dollars in the past four days on account of this. Why not just show your hand and tell people what it costs to take that sort of irritating political element out of all of this?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I probably would, Dave, except that it's subject to a commercial and confidence agreement with the AFL. The second problem I've got with doing that is the moment we, we put that out there, I've got Western Australia on the phone saying, righto, well, we'll offer five million more. And that's pretty much what was playing out across the weekend. We know definitively that the Western Australian government and the New South Wales government were very keen on getting this, and they started hitting the phones with the AFL on Friday. So they saw the build-up to it. They saw Thursday night. They saw what was, you know, it felt like it had momentum come Friday morning, and then they were were on it. So, Well, um, given that, given the
0: the bidding component of it, Premier, then, uh, uh, are these subsequent gather rounds costing us the same or, or more than this one?
1: Uh, not too dissimilar. Not too dissimilar. So I so mean, the beer coaster the theory
0: right, is the correct one, pretty much?
1: Well, look, I, we haven't publicly confirmed the number that's been kicking around, which has been $15 million. Um, But, because I, I, I'm just legally not allowed to, but what I can say to South Australians is we we put aside $40 million for major events. We made that commitment at the election. All of it comes out of that. Um, I've said gather round was less than half of that. Um, it takes up a big chunk. On, you know that, that, that's obvious. We, you know, there's a fee to be paid here, but in terms of the return on investment, uh, we've seen a uh, from the independent reports that have been done, and we'll do another one separately. But on the um, return on investment front, we've got a better outcome from this than pretty much anything else we've ever had before. So and and. That's also been backed up anecdotally. Like I started bringing around a few of the key operators around the city um, last night just to say, well, righto, how did you end up? And it was all mm. all positive reports. And people forget, it's not just the fact the hotels were full, they were done at a really high yield. Mm. Um, and that, that margin allows them to invest into the future for their own businesses, which is only good for us.
0: A lot, a lot went right, and it's excellent news that we've got it for another three years. What would you do? What would we do? look to do differently next time, do you think?
1: are oh, quite a few things, yeah. And this is the thing we've got the benefit to learn now. But the big one, is, if you ask me to identify the top one, would be ticketing arrangements, particularly for the double-headed. So, you know, I know a lot of people, um, port and indeed Western Bulldog supporters, who couldn't get a ticket um, that would have, if they could have, um, and, and there was, on the flip side, Essendon Melbourne supporters leaving the ground on, on Saturday to go into the city. So now that, on one hand, is a good thing because they went into mm. town and spent money, right? That's the whole idea. But we've got to do something better rather than a double-header ticketing arrangement so we can see tickets pass in and pass out. The, um, that would be the, the number one issue. Um, but I think with timing and, and thoughtfulness, we can come up with a, a better way.
0: In terms of the nine games and how they're carved up, Premier, is the view that six of them, regardless of whether they're double-headers or or, or freestanding games, is the view that going forward there will still always be six games at the Adelaide Oval, like one Thursday, one Friday, and then two on the Saturday and Sunday, meaning that there's only ever three other games that can move around the state?
1: Yeah, good question. Not necessarily necessarily. And the agreement that we reached with yesterday with the AFL um, keep, keeps that option open. So, like, there was this negotiation on the, on the weekend was um, pretty full on and it, it didn't really start coming together because there are a few sticking points. It didn't start coming into place really until yesterday morning um, because, because the AFL were keen on one year for us and, and we wanted to leverage that position up to more. The and there's, and there's some strategic reasons why, because we can't... Let me speak plainly. I would love to see a game in the brosser I think it's strategically valuable for the state to showcase the brosser or the McLaren Vale. I've said that previously. That's going to require infrastructure investment from the state government to bring a ground up to scratch. The AFL want that too. What I said to Gil, I said, I can't... You know, the state government can't spend money on one game. Like, well, give, us, give us a proper run at it. So mm. that's why we were able to get a few years. So... Um, but, but the, the, the agreement we've reached keeps the options open. But, the, but to ask you a question directly, Dave, the majority of games will be at Adelaide Oval. I think it's more a question, is it going to be five or is it going to be six?
0: Mm-hmm. Can you envisage a game in both the Barossa and McLaren Vale, or is that just sort of an either-or scenario over the next three years?
1: I think we we're got to, to work through the detail. I think the part of the agreement is that there's definitely games outside of Metro and Adelaide. That was something I insisted upon. And the AFL get, the AFL get. But it's just about, um, they've got really strict infrastructure requirements. If you ask me, I think maybe they're a little bit too strict, but hey, we're a partner, we are got to work with them. So um, uh, it's just about what we can get up, but what we've now got is the time to be able to do that. Now, the truth be told, I was a little bit surprised that like the Brossom Valley and you know the league down south, they're strong leagues. I'm stunned that mm. they don't have grounds that meet the standards anyway, which probably means it's underinvested in. Um, and it's worth thinking about, because the Mount Barker legacy will be something there for the community to have forever. Um, so there's, there's, there's flow on upside here. There's also been a negotiation with the AFL around co-investment, uh, match funding between the state government and the AFL into community infrastructure and there's a few more I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed, but we've got a broad agreement with them across that and we'll announce that at some point in the coming month.
0: Do you have an understand a firm understanding of when the game will be played or at least a range of dates during which the, the gather round would ideally happen?
1: Yes, because again, that was something we were negotiating with them on the weekend. It'll be around about this time next year. Um, so what's important to us is uh, we would love it to be in the Victorian school holidays. The issue becomes... Uh, Easter. Easter moves school holidays around at this time of the year, as you guys would appreciate. Um, that happens here in South Australia too. Easter next year is actually one of the unusual ones. It's in late March. Easter's in March next year. So, in fact, Easter's pretty much round two, I think, mm. of what the April will normally be next year. So, But we want it to be uh, ideally around the holidays. We think April sort of suits. The other issue is it's good to have it not too late in the season because... Every team's still alive. So, um, you know, you're not out of it by round five, even if you have had a bad start. And that means people will travel. You know, if, if take for instance, you know, Essendon, or, look, I'm trying to pick an example. Well, there's no real club at the bottom. But if, if, if Western Bulldogs are zero and five, if you're a Bulldog supporter, are you going to travel? Probably not. Whereas in, um, you know, but if, well, sorry, you'd be zero and eight, you know. But if you're, if, if around five, no one's out of the game, so that mm. maximises that travel, which is what we want to grow again.
0: Have Nord and the uh, Mount Barker ground done such a good job that they should consider themselves still in the mix for next year?
1: Yes, but not guaranteed.
0: Okay. And just finally, Premier, overwhelmingly, the feedback we're getting from everyone who listens to the show, by and large, is your little beauty, how great was that? But for the benefit of the small but significant number of people who wonder when you're going to conclude your new role as a sporting impresario and get back to nuts and bolts service delivery, ambulance yeah. ramping, child protection. What do you say to those people?
1: So, um, on the weekend in, when I wasn't speaking at functions, I was reading the interim report of the um, three-year-old preschool Royal Commission that Julie Gillard has been conducting for us. Um, I'm releasing that, or the, sorry, I want to say I'm releasing that, the The Royal Commissioner, um, Julie Gillard is releasing that today. Um, I've got cabinet starting in a few minutes and we're, that's the top line issue on the agenda of cabinet. This is an exclusive because no one else has asked me that question yet, Dave. So today that's, you know, my firm focus and to be honest, it's probably my main passion. You know, the gather round is great for the economy. I think people shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the most powerful element of the weekend is that it has smashed through, smashed through. Um, some of the stereotypes that other areas of the country have about our city and our state, and that's more powerful than you could possibly know. Um, But for me, um, one of the great passions is early childhood education because it goes to child protection. It goes to maximising young people's potential, um, and it's got a massive long-term economic uplift that if we invest in young people, particularly from disadvantaged communities. I was reading that report on the weekend um, on doing a press conference about it later today. So that, you know, the bread and butter is, of course, the main game. But I think we're allowed to acknowledge that major events demands the national spotlight on our city and our state. And I'm unapologetic about pursuing that, because we've got a story to tell for the lowest unemployment rate in the state's history, and we've got to be on our front foot getting investment into our state.
0: Premier Peter Malinowskis, thanks very much for joining us this morning. And to the Premier's reference to... The former PM, Julia Gillard, she will indeed be releasing the Early Childhood Report today and you will hear her tomorrow joining us on the 5AA Breakfast Show. Yeah, looking forward to talking more about that. I think it's going to be fascinating. David Penberthy and Will Goodings,
1: 6 to 9,
0: 5AA Breakfast.